Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn. We've been looking at why the nativity again this week and uh, specifically about three things that we can learn from Mary. We looked at in the first program about uh, we can learn about godliness and relationship with Jesus, characteristics in Mary's life. One, about just submission, how she was willing to submit to God's plan for her one and only life on Monday. And then yesterday on Tuesday, we looked a little bit more about that submission, but we also looked at the surprises Okay, that God has in her life. And obviously Mary had an unbelievable surprise in her life when the angel Gabriel came to her and told her she was going to be having this son of God and looked at her response to that and submission and how she handled the surprise. And then we started uh, near the end of the program yesterday, we started talking about Mary teaches us about the suffering of being a follower of Jesus and it yet, in part of being a follower of Jesus and being godly in our life, we have to learn how to handle the suffering. And I know that's not warm and fuzzy during the Christmas season, and I don't like to talk about it. But you know what, friends, if we're going to be mature followers of Jesus, we have to talk about the suffering. And yesterday, we we talked a lot about that. You know, from the cradle to the cross, Mary experienced both the highs of having a precious baby, a beautiful baby boy in Jesus but also experienced just the extreme pain of watching her 33-year-old son be crucified on a cross. And so we're talking today about that suffering that happens in all of our lives as followers of Jesus. And I'm thankful that we don't have to be naive. It's not like it blindsides us because Jesus warned us, in this world you have trials and tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world and I'm so thankful to know that on the third day, the tomb was empty and that Jesus was alive and therefore hope was alive. And we talked about yesterday as we wrapped up that, you know, Jesus was born to die. Jesus was born to die. And we get caught up in all the warm, fuzzy feelings of Jesus being born. And that is a wonderful, wonderful feeling and brings extreme excitement and joy. But the fact of the matter, his purpose in coming was to die, and at the age of 33, thankfully, he submitted and surrendered his one and only life to the cross. But I do want to look at today as uh, we continue looking at this wonderful little Christmas book, Why the Nativity by Dr. David Jeremiah. Um, seven things, uh, seven statements that Jesus said. And they're all in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first word that he said from the cross in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That is a prayer for God to forgive those who are crucifying Jesus. The second word is in Luke chapter 23, verse 43. It's when Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's a word of forgiveness to the repentant thief who is hanging next to Jesus. The great reminder, friends, that we can't earn our way into heaven. It's about asking and acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The fourth word is Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A word of resignation spoken to his Father in heaven. Maybe that's where you're at today. You kind of feel forsaken, friends, and Jesus understands, and yet God had to do that. Thankful the Bible tells us that because of Jesus' death, burial, and most of all because of his resurrection, 
that Jesus never will forsake us. And because of our relationship with Jesus, God, therefore, will never forsake us. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he's God is Jesus. He's with you in the past. He's with you right now, today, and he's going to be with you in the future. The fifth word that Jesus said from the cross, it says in John chapter 19, verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things are now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. The sixth word that Jesus said from the cross uh, we're looking at today is, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, Jesus gave up his spirit. And the seventh word, the seventh statement that Jesus made from the cross that we're looking at today, he said in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, if you're listening carefully, you saw that uh, I left the third one out. I left it out on purpose because in many uh, respects, it just doesn't really seem to fit there. But here's what uh, said in John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by her, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he spoke to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Now, you may be wondering, you know, why is that so surprising? When the last moments of Jesus' life here on this earth, he turned his thoughts away from what he was going through on the cross. Think about that. I mean, if anybody had a reason to kind of focus on themselves, it definitely would have been Jesus. But no, he turned us away from what was happening to him, that excruciating, agonizing pain he was going through, and had concern for his mother. And, you know, around the cross today, there were lots of onlookers and bystanders around him. And there are also critics there right around Jesus. And they were mocking him. And, you know, the Bible says that some of them are saying things like, if you're the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. I mean, the chief priests, the scribes, the elders of the Jews pointed their fingers at Jesus and shouted, if you're the Christ, save yourself. And some of Jesus' friends were also there that day. John mentioned some of them who were present that day. If you merge those two lists where the names are given, you will discover that Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Salome, and John's mother, and Mary Magdalene, and John. His beloved disciple was there also. Isn't it interesting that there were three Marys that day at the cross? Jesus turned to John, though, in one of the last moments on the cross and concerned himself with the well-being of his mother, Mary. And the scripture says that when they left the place of the crucifixion, that John took Mary to his own home. It has to be one of the most tender moments written in all of the New Testament in the Bible. You know, Jesus' first three words on the cross were about others. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Do. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And John, that's my mother. Please take care of her. The record containing Mary and John is filled with insights about the godliness translated into our culture, into our very own homes. But you know, as we think back about the 
through the life of Jesus and his mother Mary, I think we can identify what they experienced. In fact, in the Christmas story, there's a little prophecy that makes us look at the crucifixion. Do you remember when Jesus was taken to the temple by his parents and presented to Anna and to Simeon? It's found actually in Luke chapter 24, uh, chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35. It says, Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Those words actually that were recorded by Luke were spoken by Simeon when Jesus as an infant was presented to Simeon and Anna in the temple. The Bible goes on to say that Simeon took Jesus in his arms and blessed God, and then Simeon turned to Mary and prophesied those words that I just shared. And he told Mary that her child would be the cause of much sorrow and much pain in her life. Unfortunately, Simeon spoke of a sword piercing through her own soul. James Stalker, a writer of uh, New Testament Truth, has written some wonderful books on the life of Jesus. Describing this moment in Mary's life, Stalker wrote, There Jesus hung before her eyes, but she was helpless. His wounds bled, but she dared not touch them. His mouth was parched, but she could not moisten it. The nails pierced her as well as Jesus. The thorns around his brow were a circle of flame around her heart. The babe of Bethlehem, the boy of Nazareth, the brawny workman of the carpenter's shop, the gentleman of Galilee, the teacher without equal, the mighty man of merciful miracles, and the humble man of patience and grace, her own son Jesus is now writhing before her own eyes in the throes of agony and death. You know, the fact of the matter is Jesus just grew up like a lot of kids grew up. Those memories of his early days no doubt played through Mary's mind that day as she stood watching the awful apparent ending to his life. And that was all a part of Mary's life. Mary remembered those moments. The hands and feet she had held when Jesus was an infant were now nailed to a cross. The disciples would leave Jesus. His friends would forsake him. The nations would reject him. But his mother, Mary, was there to the very end. You know, these two snapshots of Mary that I just shared there, his birth and his death, we're reminded that God wants us to learn from people of the Bible. And from Mary, we learn about the submission of godliness and the surprise of it also. And then a lesson that I think most of us would rather not learn, I know I wouldn't, the lesson about the suffering of being a follower of Jesus. But friends, the fact of the matter is, I mean, that's a part of life, isn't it? We either embrace it and we learn from the suffering in our lives, or we spend an entire existence on this earth fighting against something which we can never overcome. Jesus suffered, Mary suffered, and we will also experience the suffering that comes with living on this earth. But the good news is, I think we all have so much that we can learn from Mary during the, this Christmas season. The remarkable thing as it relates to Mary, Mary was the mother of Jesus, but she needed Jesus to be her Savior 
as much as every one of us does. The, the truth in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 47 says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. You know, as fantastic as this is, the Savior who was born in the womb of Mary had to be born again in the heart of Mary. We'll say that one more time. As fantastic as it was about the Savior being born into the womb of Mary, Mary had to have him uh, born again in her heart. And the Savior whose birth we celebrate during this season is a Savior who must be born again in our hearts also. Jesus comes into our hearts from the outside. So the question today I want to ask you, have you invited Jesus to come into your heart and take his residency within your heart? You know, friends, it's great to buy lots of gifts and uh, sing all the Christmas songs. But friends, the whole reason Jesus came, we've talked about this earlier, Jesus was born to die. And from the cradle to the cross is what Jesus' life was all about. And what he did in his 33 years, he changed the world. I mean, think about it. Our calendars are based on Jesus' birth and his death. B.C., before Christ, A.D., after death. We're in getting ready to start in the 2023, the year 2023, 2023 years after Jesus' death. So know that this was the most important event to ever happen in human history. But please, please make sure that you've accepted this precious baby into your heart, not just as a warm, precious baby, but as your Savior. And I want to encourage you today to know that God loved you so much that he sent his one only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. My name is Greg Horn, and this is Hope is here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and secure online donation or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today. Dot today.